Greetings, Rare Ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. I am your host, Joanne A. Hamilton. This show is an exploration of the problems and solutions, ideas and concepts, growth and development, nuance and complexity behind emerging market startup ecosystems. Each season, I share unique conversations filled with stories from early stage founders, ecosystem builders, investors, and innovators from the front lines of global change and innovation. You will gain fresh perspective and insights, as well as learn from those on the ground who are creating the shifts and driving the action. The Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast is a part of the Rare Birds family of podcasts. You can find all our podcasts, TV, magazine, and additional resources by visiting our platform at www.rarebirdshq.com. The Rarebirds platform is on a mission to share the ingenuity occurring across emerging markets, one story at a time. We're here to help you as you journey along the ever-changing environment in emerging markets. We're not in the Rwanda kind of where you know, the, everything has ended and, you know, you're you are moving to places. Somalia is still in the transition from a failed state to a proper government. Even though the small brands will never compete in price, what we've been seeing is that uh, they can compete on, on story. And for us, what we do, we are storytellers. You know, it's also the kind of tea that you're making and the kind of name that you've kind of created in the market Mm. Uh, which is uh, which you kind of value with all your heart and soul. You just say, you know, let's change Africa or a solution for Africa or, or something like that because um, it's really just, just dopamine driven conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. It just doesn't really make sense to talk about a solution for Africa because Africa, Africa is not really, there is no one solution that works for Africa. Right now, um, we believe that the robotic arm, especially, is the type of robot that can help solve many problems, not only in one sector, but in different sectors around the continent at the same time. It can be a big problem for market. And sometimes in these markets too, you know, scaling doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you don't build an application over a year or two years, scale to like maybe a 600,000 or 1 million customers. It doesn't happen that way. It really takes a while. People are, people really are carefully spending the few dollars they have. Welcome back to the continuation of Series 10, 54 Days Across Africa, a collaboration with Ghana's Startup Lounge Africa. Startup Lounge Africa is a platform designed to encourage sustainable and collaborative growth of startups in Ghana and across the African continent. Their most recent initiative, Utana Africa, is a platform designed with an all-in-one solution to facilitate sustainable and exponential growth processes for African businesses. The 54 Days Across Africa tour is aimed at highlighting startups from across the African continent. We're now on the East Africa block of the tour and you will hear me in conversation with seven startup founders hailing from Ethiopia, Kenya, South Sudan, Rwanda, Malawi, and lastly, Uganda. If you have not already done so, please listen in to the previous episodes, numbers 198 through 202, 
to hear from the founders of Startup Lounge Africa, Prince and Samuel, as well as to listen in to some of the startups featured in the West Africa block of the tour. So from our data left, getting into the data, mining the data, we did realize that uh, there's a need for an artificial intelligence, a capability tech commands that can help customers simply solve these problems without even them getting to the store. Then we have orthopedic. These have to do with bones. If you break a limb, uh, what kind of product do you need for your elbow or for your knee? Um, yeah, for different joints have different orthopedic products. When we first came up with this event planning business, our main aim was to become the biggest event planner in Africa. And after achieving that, we can promote Africans' culture, Africans' talent, and Africans' Africans heritage to the global audience. That's why we want to join the event planning business. So we really got interested from there. Uh, we told them about tech, so the deaf were like, they really got excited. They told us, ah, if you guys are really doing something about tech, why can't you just come and start working with us? Because we've been wanting someone who can assist them, especially on the technical bit. So we are growing. Uh, we are babies, but we will continue to grow as, as a nation. And I believe that going forward five, six years from now, we'll, we'll have a different Malawi. We, we also train them on to how they can respond to the customers, how they can respond to these uh, to, 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 to deliveries that they're supposed to do. So it is them, it is the riders and the passengers telling them where they wanted this to go and where they wanted you know, their, their, their delivery to be done. We are rebuilding the all-in-one platform uh, for freelancing, uh, outsourcing, remote working alongside with talent development and workforce management solutions for businesses and African talents. Greetings, Oscar, and welcome to the Rivers Emerging Markets Podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Joan, for having me here today. Uh, I'm looking forward to having a, a, a more precise conversation with you. Definitely, Oscar. So before we jump in to learning more about you and the setup that you're building, Oscar, please tell our rare ones all about you. Where where are you calling us from? Where are you talking to us from? And just a little bit about how you grew up, etc. Yeah, so uh, John, uh, that sounds interesting. I'm calling you from Nairobi, Kenya. And um, uh, my name is Oscar Shivoga. Uh, I grew up in the western side of Kenya, which is uh, Kakamega County one of the second most populous county in Nairobi, in, in, in Kenya. And um, uh, I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Kiko AI. And uh, yeah, that's me. I'm just an African and Kenyan here, uh, based in Nairobi. <laughs> okay, great, based in Nairobi. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Kiko AI, beginning with the problem that it's solving. Okay, so Kiko AI is a, is a virtual shopping assistant for both local and international customers. Uh, the story behind Kiko began when I was working for a retailer. Previously, I had uh, come from uh, Microsoft uh, South African office, and um, I came and joined the retail industry in Kenya, in Nairobi, Kenya. And there was an issue, I'm an empathetical marketer, and there was an issue of uh, cut abandonment. A lot of Kenyans were living behind their cuts, and there was a lot of emotions while people were doing shopping. So Kiko is not more of like just a shopping assistant. 
it is an ideation that is trying to unlock the patterns as to why Kenyans behave the way they behave when they are going to look for goods and services that they need. So it's more of a trying to unlock the, the issue behind consumer behavior. And uh, definitely the best uh, niche for us to focus on was retail, because having been in the industry, so I was now facing real-time customers and trying to address this issue, why they're leaving their cards behind, why they're finding it hard to do business with, 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 with us as a retailer. And I can tell you for sure, there's only one common language that people speak in the world. And that is a language that is spoken between human beings and businesses, and that is money. So I was losing a lot of sales. And because I was losing a lot of sales, my job was also on the line. I needed to unlock the pattern to understand why were people leaving their cards behind. And hence, that's how Kiko came up. So initially, uh, from the word go, uh, from the technical perspective, uh, I was trying to create data lakes on how I could get data, feedbacks from customers on how they, I needed to understand the reason why they were leaving their cards behind. So uh, these data lakes were one of the one of the channels as to which I was going to collect data and mine data, uh, either by voice, image, text, or videos. And uh, it has, it's, 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 been, it's, been a, it's been a journey and uh, things are getting to, to now open up and uh, it's really interesting what technology can do. So through the data lakes, I've been able to, to, to listen to a lot of uh, voices, listen a lot of, having gone through a lot of uh, data and, uh, a lot of insights came up, hence Kiko came up, and uh, we just realized that uh, there are three problems we're trying to address here. Customers are complaining of um, uh, lack of a real-time communication uh, between them and their businesses. When they have been shopping, they need assistance. Uh, and the other issue was uh, there was an issue on the supply chain lag, and hence they were finding it hard to find goods uh, at the stores uh, because uh, most of the goods were out of stock. And the last problem was that uh, we did identify from the data was that uh, uh, customers are finding it hard to, 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 to stay in the stores for, for, for a long period of time in long queues. And they did complain this to be, the reason behind this to be because of intricate payment methods. So we are trying to solve the problem of um, uh, communication barriers between businesses and uh, customers. At the same time, we're trying to solve the problem of intricate uh, payment methods that a lot of retailers are using here in Nairobi. And we're also trying to solve the problem of supply chain lags, issues of stock, uh, stock out. And uh, uh, yes, that's how, uh, that's the problem that Kiko is trying to address. And I believe AI can be in a position to, to solve this issue up. Okay, you mentioned that people are leaving their cards behind. Elaborate more on that, please. Yeah, so leaving the card behind simply means that you can go to the store, both online or in-store, but when it comes to checkout, you leave your card and you go without finishing the payment uh, process. Like, I've, as I've already told you that the, the main results or the main outcome between a business and a person is money. So if a customer leaves the card behind, both of them are losing. The business is losing money and the customer is losing, uh, uh, his, the customer is losing also the experience or let's say the value that he expected to, to get from, 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 from the business side. So the problem that uh, brought this to, to that, to cut abandonment was that there were a lot of, uh, you could go into a store trying to get uh, some products from, let's say, for example, uh, I can put a store like, let's say, Oscar store. Uh, then you find that you've done your cut, it's full, but there's only one product missing. And that is because of uh, a supply chain lag. So most customers are finding it so frustrating and it was becoming more costly for them to shop at certain locations and or at certain stores because of, uh, of, of, of the former. 
Okay, so you're referring to what what they call in the in I guess in e-commerce, not e-commerce, in the commerce industry as shopping cart abandonment. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, shopping cart abandonment is what. Okay, so. So shopping cart abandonment is for our listener is when a potential customer starts this the checkout process. So they have the cart, they start the process, but the order stops even before um, or be, before the process can be complete. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay, and you said there were three reasons why this is happening. So can you tell us specifically? Uh, again, what those three reasons are and how your company is helping to solve these problems specifically. Yeah, so the three reasons we did find uh, as to why cart abandonment was happening was because there was a lack of a real-time communication uh, okay. uh, between uh, customers and businesses. Uh, like customers walk into store and they want help with shopping. They need somebody to guide them because there's a lot happening within the stores. So communication, and uh, there's a communication barrier. And uh, another insight came up, uh, uh, Francophone citizens who are coming to Anglophone citizens were also struggling to communicate with those who don't know how to speak French. And uh, that's a language barrier issue, which uh, comes under communication barrier. And uh, the other problem is that um, uh, there were long queues within the stores, which customers are finding it so irritating. And the reason for these long queues within uh, stores at the checkouts, uh, it's because of uh, intricate or complicated uh, payment methods, like uh, the payment methods being used by retailers here in, in, in Kenya, uh, I'm, I'm making it so, I'm making the checkout process to be a little bit uh, 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 longer than how it's expected. It averagely takes more than five minutes at some point. And uh, the last problem that we did realize is that um, uh, there was an issue of stock out uh, on the shelves. So you might find a customer looking for a certain product, he or she ends up not getting what they're looking for. So those are some of the three problems that we identified as to reasons why most customers leave their cats behind within Nairobi and uh, Mombasa. So Kiko came in, uh, initially told you we created data lakes to try and understand what was the reason as to why this was happening. So from our data lakes, getting into the data and mining the data, we did realize that um, there's a need for an artificial intelligence, a capability tech commands that can help customers simply solve these problems without even them getting to the store. What if we build uh, an, an AI enabled like a platform, let's say a web on an app that has features such as uh, uh, integrated virtual shopping assistants. These are, these are virtual shopping assistants who can help this customer shop. They can initiate a virtual shopping trip. As long as the customer is ready to, for his card to be serviced, he can be taken through how, this, how, how the shopping is being done real time using your mobile phone or using your web app, or let's say just moving, using your tablet, anything that can make you have access to video and internet. Then the other thing is that uh, we also created something like a real-time inventory management system where the customers, before they start shopping, they can easily know what is in stock or what is out of stock. So they shop for only what will be in stock. And the last bit is that we've created a more like an input point of sale where you can shop just from where you are. You don't have to visit the store. Last with the virtual shopping assistant, get to know what is in stock, then just pay before your cart is serviced. Then when your cart is serviced, you can initiate a virtual shopping trip tour where you can see your shopping being done virtually and real-time. And whenever you want any amended, anything to be added on the cart or taken out of the cart, the communication is going to be more real-time than ever before. So it's more of like an AI-powered, uh, AI enabled uh, tech-enabled tech technology that is 
helping people try to shop. And uh, it's not about shopping, it's about unlocking patterns. As to why, uh, why are people leaving their cards behind? And also why are businesses losing money out of customers? So that is the problem we're trying to solve. And it's a win-win for everybody because it also focuses on behavioral, uh, human behavioral biases. As I told you, it's a consumer behavior kind of a, a problem you're addressing. So we have other, uh, other minor features such as before you even start shopping, you'd be in a position to put your budget estimate. Let's say you have a budget of $3,000. The AI will be in a position to help you shop best of that budget, that budget alone, rather than uh, the way people go to shop and they end up spending a lot of money than what they expected. So that's Kiko, and that's the solution we're trying to bring to customers here in Nairobi, Kenya. Brilliant. Okay, so I think that's now that is now clear. So you're using analytics basically to solve the problem. Yeah, it's strictly data, and it's not a problem mm. that you can. No, it's data. Without data, we can't get here. So it's more of like a, 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 a it's more like a, an AI enabled, which majorly relies on data alone. So the right. more we get data, the more we're in a position to help us. And you're sure. analyzing the data to help the the customer understand, um, actually to help the businesses understand user behavior. Yes, they understand user behavior. At the same time, they are in a position to increase their sales by mm. trying to delimit the reasons as to why people are leaving their cards behind. Right. And you said there were the main reasons were there's real-time communication problems. There's also some language barrier problems. You mentioned the Francophone-speaking um, Africans. You said the queues were too long, but that was due to... I think you mentioned complicated payment methods or two yeah, in, payment methods being too intricate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are complicated payment methods. Like uh, even if you were to use, let's say, for example, M-Pesa in a retail store in Kenya, it will take mm. you average like three minutes or five minutes because uh, you have to be asked again your phone number uh, for them to confirm that you've paid. Why should we have that? Because if M-Pesa is trying to, to help people shop, then I don't expect it also to make people wait, you know? So so those are intricate payment methods where when you get to the queue, you'll have to wait to, to disclose your details. There's a lot of uh, privacy issues around that place. You have to say your number by voice and there are people on the queues listening to you. So it's also, it's also a concern. And that's what we're trying to avoid uh, with Kiko AI. We're just trying to make it as secure as possible, convenient, fast and unique for people to shop. Right. And that's that also, uh, I think, is related to an issue of trust. Right? Yeah, it's an issue of trust. Yeah, 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 yeah. OK, OK. And then the last one you mentioned was inventory. They're out of stock. Everything's out of stock. Not everything is out of stock, but uh, you'll find that there's just something which is very vital for you is out of stock. So that means that businesses are finding it hard to track goods from the way they get from the go down to the customer's house. So we are saying also to help customers and businesses. Uh, have a track of the goods. If it's available, yes, it is. If it's not, it's not available. So that is what we're also trying to just to solve. It's as simple as that. Okay. Now you mentioned obviously the businesses that you're helping are, and you said you're also helping the customers. So you're helping the businesses with the data to understand, analyze the analytics to understand how to improve um, their processes, their systems, obviously, so they can be more profitable. And you're helping the customer in terms of analyzing their behavior so that they can understand why they spend the way they spend, how they spend, how to budget, etc. Yes, that's what you're trying to do. I see. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, let's focus then on the businesses for 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 the first part of the conversation. Um, what would you say are some of, uh, I mean, you mentioned the problems, but what would you say is happening in these businesses generally that are creating these challenges? Is it that the businesses lack the systems, uh, the processes? Is it that, um, Generally, they they don't they don't have data on their their customers. At what what it what sort of initially creates this problem for businesses? So, yeah, I can tell you for sure. And out mm. of experience, having been at Microsoft, going through the Microsoft training as a fellow at the Microsoft for Africa, having known all Microsoft products and how they take their goods or their products to the market, there's one problem that Africans are facing or African retailers are facing. It's an issue of adoption. Adoption, adoption, adoption. How to make customers know that this thing is of value to them is the main problem. So adoption, by adoption, I mean that a new technology has come. You need to teach people on how to use that technology. And for you to teach people correctly, you need to tell them empathetically that this is the value you're going to get out of you using this technology. Rather than telling people, come, I'm selling sugar. Yes, you're selling sugar. But you know, teach people how to get to that sugar, you know? So, so, so it's an issue of adoption. The biggest risk in retail or businesses in Africa is adoption. Once you don't teach Africans on how to use the platform, remember, it's a work in progress. And Microsoft has been in a position to win under this, uh, uh, this space because they majorly focus on adoption. So if adoption is the key problem for all businesses in Africa or majority of the, of the businesses in Africa, I think a lot needs to be done on uh, creation of value discovery workshops for customers and also some of our uh, customer immersion experiences where customers tend to have, uh, uh, let's say, real-time actual experiences working with the technology that they're supposed to, to, to use to do shopping for. So the main problem is adoption. And once the adoption is put straight, then I think everything will be, will be, will be, will be easier for Africans to do shopping. Okay. And you said that businesses are the major challenge you're having is they're not they they're not communicating the value well, which is leading to the lack of adoption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not communicating the value discovery. Like for you to get to use Oscar store, what is the value that you're gaining as Joanne? That is the that is the most important question you need just to answer. If you can answer that, then I think uh your business will be okay. Like majority of businesses are trying to advertise. Advertisement is a form of manipulation rather than teaching people to use their businesses. So, right. yeah. so they're going for advertisement as opposed to educating the consumer. Yeah, and you realize when you educate, actually your, your, your go-to-market budget will be as little as possible. So that's what we've been doing as Kiko, teaching people as much as possible what Kiko is, how we can help them, rather than going on Facebook to advertise to them to come to Kiko to, to, to get service. So that's, that's the difference here. Yeah, and that's the biggest risk that businesses are facing here in Africa. Right. What about things like, uh, if we're talking about e-commerce, what about things like just uh, the user experience when people, when customers land on your platform, they're finding it hard to navigate your website? And you see, if customers land on your platform and they're finding it hard to navigate on your website, it shows that you haven't done the, the, the adoption process. So adoption mm. is, the, is the key thing I'm just trying to speak about. If I had an e-commerce platform uh, from my previous employer, the first thing I did, uh, since I had other channels to reach out to customers, to teach them on how it's going to work, 
I did majorly focus on creating client immersion experiences. These are called CIEs, where you bring in customers to work with you for even a day so that they can see what you're trying to do as the e-commerce project lead, what you want to achieve out of it with them being on the other side of technology. So it's me as a company, there's technology in between me and the customer. So if you get to, to, to land on my e-commerce page and you don't know how to navigate, then that shows my adoption strategy never worked out well. So a lot of guys are focusing on the go-to market rather than focusing on the adoption strategy where you have to teach before you even tell them, now here's where to find it. So those are some of the issues on e-commerce. When you get to the, to the user interface, you're trying to navigate and the site is a little bit complicated, then that shows there's one process which was skipped. And that is what Kiko is trying to, 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 to sort right, right now. Actually, if, the more peop- if more people open businesses, Kiko will be in business. So we are, we, are, we, are, we are also advising a lot of companies to keep on expanding their, 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 their portfolios in terms of new businesses where people are supposed to, to, consumers are supposed to buy goods so that we solve the issue of the fast processes which a lot of businesses keep. And it's because of, uh, they find it to be more costly to train. Hence, they, they prefer manipulation through advertisements to try and win the few, few, few fast early adopters who are coming to use your platform. So that is, that is, the, main, that is the main thing we're trying to solve here. So we are more of a Q-commerce, shopping on, on demand, so let's teach you how to shop or let's shop for you to make it easier for you. Right. What about customer feedback? Because if you're if you're sending out, uh, say, for example, surveys and questionnaires to your customers and, and just as from the business side and asking them directly uh, for insights, and then you can also use that as uh, benchmarking and measurements, et cetera. Does that help these businesses as well? And is that something yeah. that you offer? Uh, so as I told you, the story of Kiko started as a social listening. Uh, yeah. And this is how it happened. I started listening to feedbacks from customers on our social media platforms from the previous mm. company I was working from. Hence, what you just said, you're confirming what I'm just trying to tell you. So that is more like uh, trying to look for feedback from customers, then working on that feedback to do what? To create a solution out of the frustration that customers have been bringing in the information. So it's more of like a creating a data lake, getting in information by voice. Data different, you can get data by voice, text, images, or videos. Then listening to that, uh, putting that, uh, coming out with insights out of the data, and then creating something that will resonate or personalize the experiences that they're going to have with your business next time they visit you. So that is just exactly what you're doing at Kiko. And yeah, that is the backbone of also, it's the, back, the backbone of also why Kiko exists right now. Great. Understood. Now, before we get to the customer side of things, I want to stay on the business side for a little bit and ask you uh, a very important question. How easy is it for you? Because if those businesses that you're serving are finding it difficult to invest in the education, which leads to the adoption, how easy is it for you to get them to buy into how you're trying to help them with your product? So uh, it's easy, it's as easy as, uh, you know, businesses, uh, the main uh, outcome for any business that will always make sense is sales. So mm. it's easy for me because I'm tapping into the customer's, the customer's journey before they even leave their homes to get to the store. So that's, uh, my, that's my unique value proposition. I can help you shop even if you're busy or you don't have time to get to the store. 
or you're fatigued, or you're having other behavioral, human behavioral biases that can hinder you from getting to the store or from doing shopping accurately. Hence, businesses are finding it's okay with me because if I can give them orders what, let's say, 100K USD, and that is a sell they can't get installed or even online from their platforms, then I think we are always in business with them. I think I'm, I'm, I'm of more importance to them than, than they are to me. And uh, that's, I'm not just tapping into the first step of shopping. And that's, that is how it, I'm making it easier for businesses to work with me. So businesses are coming to me, uh, telling me, you know what? If you can tap into these customers who are staying in their houses and they don't want to come out, and we are struggling to even get them on our WhatsApp, on, on, on let's say on our e-commerce platforms, then I think we can do business with you. So it's as easy as tapping into the isolated niche. And these are buyer personas who have the bargaining power or they have the buying power. So it's a very unique uh, insight. It's, and it's also a unique kind of uh, an insight that is coming out. And uh, hence, there's a need for it. The market gap is a little bit more wide. And uh, uh, Kiko is just on the set of and we're trying to see if we can help businesses get to these people as fast as possible. Right. Okay. And now going over to the customer side, explain to us now, how exactly are you, you mentioned, right, you mentioned, you gave us an overview of how you're helping the customer, but tell us in a little bit more detail of how that actually plays out for them. Okay. So uh, right now we are working with the WhatsApp for Business API uh, platform. We've, uh, we've built some uh, modules to make it as easy as possible for customers to use the WhatsApp for Business. Uh, you've realized that WhatsApp for Business is turning out to be a commerce platform right now. So we're having a strategic third-party companies which can help you have access to the WhatsApp APIs where you can have customers be in a position to put in their orders in terms of voice. They can send you a list, a picture of a list of their shopping bills. They can upload a video so that you can see the kind of product that are on the video that they want. And um, through this platform, we are using clear.ai and uh, customers can easily access the link from our social pages or they can get it on our website. So when you get to the platform, it's as easy as trying to initiate a, a shopping trip. You just click on a button there and pray, start initiating a shopping trip. Then a sales assistant who is within your location based on the, on the, on the location navigation uh, tech will be in a position to contact you and tell you, how may I help you? I can see your list is as simple as this. And then our AI platform will be in a position to calculate for you the prices within three seconds, give you back the prices, prompt you to pay before the service is, is serviced. So once you pay, and then we initiate a virtual shopping trip tour. Once the virtual shopping trip tour is over, we'll ask you like, how do you want the goods to get to you? Or how do you want to collect these goods? So it's more of like a, coming to the platform, initiate a shopping trip tour. After you've paid, then advise us on how you want to get those products back to you. So it's as simple as uh, uh, getting to Kiko, uh, choose your shopping, uh, put up your shop, upload your shopping list, pay, then get your goods back home. So that is that is the it's the simplest way. And uh, I can tell you for sure, currently 68% of our users prefer using voice to do their shopping. Mm, interesting. Why do you think that is? Because they find it as easy as, my name is John. And uh, hey, Kiko, my name is John. I want sugar. I want bread. I want whiskey. I want wine. So can you do it for me? Yes, fine. What is, what is the bill? This is the bill. Fine. Okay, go ahead. 
how am I going to get my goods? Do you want us to deliver or do you want to pick them from a certain Kiko hub or a certain location? And that's that's the end of it. So it's more of like a rapid shopping on demand. We're just doing like, we're doing it as fast as possible. We're not making it more complicated, like go to our website and we get to the platform, to this other side of, uh, of, of groceries, go back to, to, to the beauty section, go back to the liquor section. No, you come, what you say is what we shall shop for. It's real time. When you tell us you want this kind of wine, we shall go with what you just say. So that is how I'm simplifying the question for customers. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. Really interesting. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the business itself, your team. Can you tell us uh, how many of you are working together and when did you start this venture? So currently we're working together as uh, six people uh, with a team of other six sales, uh, sales lead, which is an all-female sex. Uh, it's, it's an all-female uh, uh, all-female sex sales lead sales team and uh, the operational team majorly comprises of around three ladies and uh, two gents. I'm part of the of the I'm part of the of the of the of the operations team. So the team is uh, majorly comprised of X Bolt, X Microsoft, S X Catch, and a lot of guys are coming in from the taxi hailing industry coming in, and uh, we're trying to expand. So the venture started last year in uh, in December. So far, we are looking at around clocking around uh, twelve months by end. Uh, 12 months and one month, uh, like uh, let's say one year and one month by end of December. And uh, yes, the team is up to the task. Uh, guys have got experiences working with international companies like Bolt, uh, Umati Capital. We have guys who, are, who came in from EcoBank. And you also have other guys who came in from um, uh, WTO, which is the International uh, World Trade Organization. So it's a team which is uh, exceptional. The guys are up to the task. And uh, yeah, I believe... Uh, uh, moving forward, we are going to make it work. Yeah, it's an issue of uh, work in progress because we are adopting the lean methodology to make sure that Kiko turns out to be one of the best products in the world. Now, as you were speaking about your team, you stressed that you had a lot of women. So I want to know about that. Was that something intentional that you did? No, no, no. It's not intentional. Let me tell you okay. something. <laughs> you want, you want, let me tell you something. You want to build the best product in the world? Mm. You have to think through the mind of a woman. It doesn't mm. matter. Nothing more. Mm. Yes. Tell so me why. Woman, I'm curious. I'm a woman. So uh, tell me why. Because as a woman, you can carry me for nine months. You can raise mm. me up to around 18 years. Then tell me, now go to the world and see what you can do for yourself. So it's mm-hmm. easier to create a product from the mind of a woman because the woman has seen uh, what you can do and what you cannot do. So she nurtures you to be in a position to to be able to do something. So when I tell you 68% of customers prefer to use voice, and out of these 68% of customers, half of them are women, then mm. why should why should they hire a sales team that will have a majority of the male guys in it? And it's women who are trying to, to, to show it's majority of the people on our platforms are women who are shopping. So yeah, yeah. Let, let it be, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's as simple as uh, making sure one of the team that is executing the full payment. It has to be women-led because they easily understand the emotions, they understand the well-being, and our product is more empathetical. To be sincere, we are not in the business of run, we are not running a business. We are building a movement, Joan. This is a movement. We are a movement. Around. Yeah. yeah. Kiko is a lifestyle. Kiko is not a business. It's not an app. It's a lifestyle. We are unlocking patterns in the society. And for you to win in society, you need to think through the mind of a woman. So that's what you're trying to do. 
Interesting. Now you you've defined this as a movement, a movement. Yes. That's that's hmm, that's a heavy term. Tell me why a movement? A movement is some kind of transformation that's that's going to happen in the society, some kind of massive change in the societal structure or the values or something like that. So and it's it's collective. So why have you described this as a movement? It's because movements are usually based on communities. You've just said the word society. Yeah, so once, of once, a, once a society is behind your movement or your ideation, then you they'll always need you, or you will they'll, they'll always be the backbone of of, of of your of your strength. So if I have a group of people who back up Kiko as an ideation, then I think a lot of the women. It's not like a movement in terms of uh, trying to bring in a change. No, 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 no. It, it's it's right. a movement in terms of like trying to assemble a group of like-minded people who feel like we can create, we can get value out of this ideation. And Kiko right. is the ideation. So any businesses that is community-based, usually they never run out of out of money. But businesses which are in the process of doing a business, it's as simple as telling you that uh, when you don't focus on adoption, it's gonna be hard for for for, for businesses to run. And that's how you see. The advertising spend for a lot of companies. If you look at the share of search analytics currently in the world by uh, insights coming in from uh, Les Billet and Peter Field, uh, you'll come and realize that uh, a lot of businesses are spending money on advertising. I'm not doing that. I'm not in the business of, 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 of manipulating people. We're in the business of creating a lifestyle. If it's shopping, this is how you can do it conveniently. And after you've done it conveniently, this is what you're going to benefit yourself with. So, that's Kiko. Kiko is a movement. Kiko is a lifestyle. Kiko is a community. Kiko is not a business. Kiko is not an app. Right. Understood. You know, when you said the um, the part you, what you just mentioned about businesses spending lots of money on advertising, I was just um, reading the other day that in 2019, Coke, Coca-Cola spent $4.25 billion on advertising. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was having this discussion uh, with my students and I said, we were saying, you know, Coke is not a business. Coke is a nation because there's countries out there with GDPs less than Coke's um, annual, like their profits. Right. And we were laughing, but it's true. <laughs> That's a lot of money to spend in advertising. Right. But it's yes. because it works. It works. Yeah. And the, the reason why they win is because the advertising is majorly based on emotions. Absolutely. And it's storytelling, emotion- making connections. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And making connection is more of like connecting with people who resonate with what you're trying to, the feeling you're trying to create into their souls or their minds. So yeah. as for me, I'm just taking uh, first things first. I'm trying to assemble a group of people who, can, who like me and who like what I'm trying to do. Then let's move as a group. So if Joanne is going to use Kiko, I Joanne's mother to use Kiko. So that is a community we are going to create. We are not going to advertise to you people. We are going to move with, we are going to work with you people actually. We are going to be there for you. Whenever you need us, get to us. And uh, that is my thinking, John. That that is I think community-based kind kind of businesses uh, are the future uh, kind of businesses that are going to, to, to thrive in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the next century that is coming. Especially with AI capabilities, then I think it's going to be a win. That that is that is my vision. Yeah, absolutely. Where does your drive and your passion come from for your work? Uh, my passion and drive comes from empathy. 
Uh, I'm very empathetic. Uh, it's been a work in progress. Uh, Kenya is a very interesting country, but individually, I think I just like making making it up to people. It has to be easy. It doesn't have to be as hard as people think. And that is the reason why I work it out. And um, I'm finding it so, uh, I'm becoming more passionate with data. There's a lot that people are not getting it right. And once you focus on unlocking patterns in terms of just the way people behave in the society, the way people behave, like we do things normally, but when you get to the insights to understand what is really happening, you get to find that there's a lot happening that we're not tapping into. So that's a, that is where my passion comes in. So it's not an issue of trying to get information out of people or do what. It's an issue of trying to understand and unlock these patterns in the society. If there's poverty, why is it that there's always poverty? So I'm always out there passionately asking the question, why? Why this, not that? Why, why, why? So, so, so. That's where my passion and drive comes from. Why? Where does this have to happen this way? And not that. Right. Why, are those, why are those people okay, not these other people? So it's why. And, and that's what pushes me around. Now, you mentioned you worked for Microsoft. Did you leave that behind to start your business? Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I left Microsoft. Uh, I was under the Microsoft for Africa Fellowship Program. And it. Uh, it usually comes to an end. So when it comes mm. to an end, uh, yeah, when it comes to an end, usually you leave the program with a lot of entrepreneur, entrepreneur skills. So when I Not left you. the program, I, I started a, a startup, a Microsoft partner startup that didn't go well. Then it went down. I was trying to start with Microsoft business solutions like Office 365, M365, uh, uh, Microsoft Dynamic 365, but... I could not manage it. I think I was not ready. Uh, but I can say in terms of uh, prof- professional capabilities, I was not ready to run a business. But it's really what made me to be where I am today. Because of the campus, that's where I started from. And I'm really grateful for, for that opportunity from them. And yeah, so I left them and came back to Kenya and focused and just joined another industry. Because what I started when I came out of their program never worked and I needed to go back to employment. Right. Now, this AI, you meant we we're talking about AI, which is the technology that's driving your startup. When did you first discover AI and how did you get involved in, in it, in the field? Uh, yeah, yeah, I discovered AI in 2013 when I was a first year student at uh, Jomo Kenyatta University of uh, Agriculture and Technology, JPAT. Uh, and the reason why I discovered uh, AI was because uh, having gone through the technology lab at the campus, I was in a position to interact with some Japanese lecturers who were in Kenya trying to do some research under the JICA initiative. And uh, that was my first uh, instance to coming through AI since I was a business student. And I kept on going to the technology lab because I started coding at a younger age. So business was just part of uh, what the government wanted me to study. And uh, at, Microsoft, at the, at the, at the JQuad technology lab, that's where I came across... Uh, a lot of artificial intelligence research papers and uh, research projects that are being done by these Japanese lecturers who are in Kenya doing doing research. Yeah, so that was in 2013. And for moving forward, it's been part of my daily work. I've been trying to preach about it. A lot of businesses are creating a lot of innovations, but those innovations are not problem synthesized. AI is majorly based on data, and that data has to have a problem that needs to be solved. 
that is my thinking about AI. That is my that is that is my that is my niche that I'm trying to solve. For me to handle any problem, any data coming in has to have a gap. And AI is in a position to help you do that. So that's how it started out with artificial intelligence. Then I got into Microsoft and henceforth up to now. <laughs> right. Okay. So where do you see this going? Tell us uh, five, ten years from now. Where do you see the movement going? Uh, five years, ten years is a long is a long time. We're looking mm. at uh, around three. Not years, really. Um, not really. You know, it uh, always seems like it, but it's not. It goes by fast. Yeah, it goes by fast. But I have a target. I'm looking okay. at being a, a, a unicorn. Uh, we're looking for a, a unicorn uh, in, in the shortest time possible because we do believe we are not about innovation. We are about solving a problem in the society. So that's it. And yeah, three years, five years, I believe people will be a unicorn. Uh, that's, that's my hope. And uh, they say hope is not a strategy, but we do believe it's going to work it out. And what is, what is driving you to make, like, to make this a unicorn? Why a unicorn? Uh, it can be a unicorn because it's 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 focused on solving problems, and these mm. are problems which are which are synthesized through human behavioral biases. These okay. are biases that we face as individuals. These are things that we need to train our minds to be in a position to do. Hence, we are just using AI to help us do this. So once a human being will find that running this errand is tedious, and there's this service that can help me run this errand as a fee, then I think I'm going to be a unicorn because I'm going to be there as a need, not a want. <laughs> as a need and not a want. Great. Yeah. Well, Oscar, I would love to see you meet your ambitions, rise to your ambitions. I'm sure that you will. You just have to promise me one thing, that when you become a unicorn, you come back on the podcast and you tell us all about it, how it all happens, right? The journey, yeah, sure. the journey to becoming a unicorn, because I've interviewed many startups and to date, they've, none of them have become unicorns as yet. I believe it's going to happen. And I have a few in mind. <laughs> Obviously, I won't say which one. But I think there's a few that are on the way. So it, it would be great to have you come back and talk about your journey to becoming a unicorn, because then I can actually say I saw that happen from beginning to end. It's always exciting to see founders uh, from the beginning take their startup on this journey and become a unicorn. So anything's possible. So you promise you'll come back. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll Don't hold you to your promise. That. Okay, good. Yeah. Don't now tell last... about that. We come back. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Oscar. Last thing before you leave, what uh, encouraging words of advice or lessons learned would you like to share with our rare ones who are listening in to you today? Uh, I can just say, I can quote from the book of uh, one of the most uh, renowned uh, photographers uh, in Africa, uh, Mohamed Amin. I don't know if you've read his uh, autobiography. The man sure, who yes. the world. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can just quote from his uh, words. Like, this is all I have for, for, for uh, any other founder from Africa, especially. Uh, make it your pledge to keep African at the front page of the world, either through by newspapers, television, social media is coming in up, or by technology. That's what I believe in. So just make it, make it a pledge to make sure that it's not about Africa. Now, make it a pledge like, uh, make it a pledge for Kiko to be. I receipt at every shopping basket value that is coming out of Africa or within Africa from any destination in the world. So, yeah, I believe that we are going to get there. And 
it's a pledge for us to get to the to the top and yeah never give up it's, it's an issue of persistence it's an issue of persistence never 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 be never 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 focus on the victim mindset you need to be one step ahead of everything that's what i can tell people yeah victims never win do they they don't yeah it's a terrible mindset to have i agree with you it was really great to speak with you oscar <laughs> where can our listeners find you uh they online? can find me on linkedin on linkedin yeah, online okay. they can find me on, yeah, on linkedin as uh, oscar shivoga uh or you can just uh, get through uh, kiko ceo you'll find it there you can also find me on facebook as uh, oscar shivo uh you can find me on um, twitter as oscar shivoga also and they can also find me on instagram as oscar shivoga if you go through the kiko social media pages at kiko kenya all of them are at kiko kenya all social media platforms you can also find a lot of uh, content we are putting out to the people also there Brilliant, Oscar. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing with us. It was great to speak with you and to hear about Kiko AI and everything that you're doing. I hope everyone learned a little bit more about how AI can be re- can be used to reduce shopping cart abandonment and just generally what shopping cart abandonment is and how it affects your business. And we learned from you both sides of this how it helps businesses how it helps customers so maybe now people can do a bit more research and and find out more and they can reach out to you if they're interested so thanks so much okay thank you so much john for having me today uh i'm all looking right. forward to speaking to you soon <laughs> all right until next time folks bye for now Rare ones. Thanks for listening in to Series 10, 54 Days Across Africa, a collaboration with Ghana's Startup Lounge Africa. I look forward to being with you again next week as we continue hearing from some of the startups featured on the East Africa block of the tour. In the meantime, visit the Kutana Africa platform at www.kutanaafrica.com. If you enjoyed this conversation, do share it with your friends. Visit the Rarebirds platform to learn and hear more from startups in emerging markets. Download our podcast episodes by visiting the website at www.rarebirdshq.com. You can also listen in via iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join our growing global community of rare ones by subscribing to our weekly newsletter on our website and visit our shop to purchase some rare gear for yourself or as a gift for your friends. Thanks again for listening in and until next time rare ones. Bye for now.